Welcome back to Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. It is my pleasure to be back here with you again today for another episode and after show for Hawkeye. This is episode three of the series, and it just keeps getting better. We keep we keep moving on up uh, from here, folks. <laughs> um, episode three was titled... Sorry, uh, Echoes. Uh, Echoes was the fastest-paced episode so far, and the shortest. Uh, 40 minutes was the runtime on this one. And I thought, by far, it was my favorite. Um, for a few reasons, because uh, we get we get a lot more of the character dynamics um, of, the, of these two. Kate Bishop and Clint Bartman. Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner, the two leads lovely friend, uh, our dog friend, and we just love that doggy. I love that doggy. We don't have a name for him yet. She just goes over a few random little names at the end. I don't know if she actually, I don't know if one of those names at the end were a serious name. I actually didn't write any of those down. She just like threw out a bunch of names. <laughs> so, so many names that I, I wasn't a fan of any of those names, um, Kate. You gotta come up with something better for that doggy. I like that doggy a lot. And um, the first note I got on this is that this, I don't know, there's going to a lot, a lot's going to happen in this episode. Yeah, well, great note, great note, Mister Honest. Great, great starting, great starting point. No, no way. There's lots going to happen in this episode. <laughs> um, we start off with a girl sitting in a classroom. The year is 2007, so we're preceding the um, starting point of the MCU as we've seen it on screen in in order. I mean. This is not, no, we're not talking about Captain America. Like, or, uh, yes, Captain America came after Iron Man is what I'm saying. So we're not going to have this argument. <laughs> Basically, nothing happened special um, in 2007 in the MCU. So this is new territory. And the girl seems very withdrawn, and she's not really paying attention to what the teacher's saying. And we get this perspective, and we get this perspective this whole episode it's kind of uniquely told perspective of someone who can't hear um, the heart of hearing the deaf. And I think it's actually very special um, in a way that we're getting this perspective. And um, I hope it's being told. And um, I hope this story is being told in a respectful way. I can't say I know a whole lot firsthand about being deaf. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. So that being said, I'm interested in uh I'm interested in that. But I think that there is a lot of really, really uh really interesting play, uh like interesting tactics at play here um in this episode regarding that. Um the fact that there is uh Clint is deaf and um there is a deaf <laughs> deaf enemy here. And I I'm not saying that patronizing way at all, obviously. I I need to make that clear. Um, maybe that's just insecurity, me saying that. Um, but uh, I just want to say, I thought this uh, this this whole thing was insane. Um, the way the way they set her up in this episode, um, compared to last episode, where the cliffhanger was basically somebody we didn't even know. Um, how is that a cliffhanger, really? Well, I think that what they should have done, personally, and I don't mean to make, uh, I don't really mean to rewrite the show, but they had all this stuff. Um, I don't. They really could have taken something out of the last episode 
put it in this episode. I don't know, but they really should have put this in the lap last episode. This whole thing with her as the kid, um, and seeing her family being uh, slaughtered, and for some reason we just saw that. And I don't know why we would have seen that in the last episode, but we would have questioned it and we would have seen it. Okay. And then the episode would have ended with her arriving in the last episode, maybe. Okay? Right? Wouldn't that have made the last episode better? I don't know. Um, I think that would have made the last episode a lot better. I think it would have made it a lot better. It didn't take that long, like, for that shocker to come in this episode. The last episode... If if we got this like scene early on the beginning of this ep- the last episode, and then the whole episode is leading up to this point where they get confronted by a person, I mean, I mean, come on, come on. Maya sits with her father. She speaks sign language and asks him if dragons are real. He says maybe, but they live in a different world. This is a very odd conversation. This whole thing, I'm very thrown off by this conversation. I wanted it a couple times. <laughs> Like it's a, it's a conversation they're having in sign language and it's interpreted, uh, you know, in um, subtitles. So this is maybe why it's a little weird, but either way, no matter what, the, the whole conversation is just weird regardless. I don't care if it's out loud or in uh, sign language. This is why this is setting me up to sound like I'm saying uh, it's weird that they're saying sign language. No. No, this is a weird conversation. <laughs> it's like, are dragons real? And he's like, kind of, sort of, maybe. But you just gotta, you just gotta be in the half world first. <laughs> well, that sounds like a father being a really kind of twisted father to, to his daughter. <laughs> um, that that makes no sense. Or you need to be direct. <laughs> You're half answering her. <laughs> um, okay, so. What if they come into our world, she asked, and that would make them stronger, he says. She signs to him that I thought I would go to school with the kids like me. I thought you could pay for the deaf school. And he says that it's impossible and that she has to learn how to walk between the two worlds. She she asks how, and he says just by watching. So we cut to her in a martial arts class. Maya watches the kids performing martial arts. Um... I'm just wondering why why this man just can't send her to this school. Um, I don't want to make this like joke because I want to take the show seriously, and I am. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, please, sir, just send her to this school. Maya's dad tells her it's more about speed than size, and as he's leaving, that her uncle will pick her up later. And it looks and sounds like he, he p- pats her on the shoulder like Wilson Fisk from Netflix Daredevil. I mean... I really think it's him. <laughs> and um, it's making me feel like the multiverse that Loki opened up. It's like opening like the Marvel mania. I feel like um, <laughs> I feel like Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man trailer. Um, it's like they're coming. <laughs> I can't stop them. Like, like um, I got to cover so many more shows like uh, and, I, and I'm not mad about it. I love it. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> um, but it's like Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. And like just like a few months before, I'm like, I love the Daredevil shows. I watched them. I did as they came out. Um, I was severely let down thinking 
and hearing later that they were not included in MCU canon and they kind of like went their own way and the MCU kind of like quietly let them down. And every episode I watched, I was like, when is, you know, like, when is Hawkeye gonna, (laughs) when are we gonna get a Black Widow? (sighs) When are we gonna even get a little mention of Nick Fury in it? Nothing. 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 But a framed newspaper of a vague reference to the Battle of New York. Not even though, dude. Not even though. So I can't tell you as a fan of the MCU how hard it was to sit through so much of the show. And the show was fantastic, okay? The show was great. But Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as you can see in this show, this show is an homage. This show in that of itself is an homage to the MCU, and then and the MCU knows how to do it. Um, with Hawkeye, there every every scene has a almost a reference, basically. And it, I mean, you feel that you feel that you are in a living, breathing universe. Um, Daredevil does feel like it's a beat off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm wondering if this Daredevil that's coming to the MCU, if it's in canon with the Daredevil from Netflix, or if it's kind of like a multiverse step away, like a sidestep. There's just a possibility, or that we could just be getting a season four and um, those same characters continuation of that story. And I think some of the showrunners did do what they could to maybe tie in that story of Daredevil to a timeline of the events of some of the Avengers movies, but they couldn't get it like uh, literally tied in with contracts or something like that. It's just upsetting because um, really ideally too, we wanted to see the, um, we want to see Jessica Jones um, and the, the whole gang. I can't even think of their names um, because I I went I just was let down by the whole Netflix gang of of heroes because I wanted to see them all at the end game. It would have just how hard would it have been to put them in a portal and bring them out along with it? That's it. It would have been so simple, and then everything they would have been so so established. Uh, but you know what? How can we really complain that much? Nothing's perfect, and. <laughs> the multiverse is opening and uh, Doctor Strange can't stop them. They're coming. <laughs> who's coming, dude? I mean, we already know who's here already, dude. Like, was that maybe maybe that part where Doctor Strange can't stop them, they're coming? Maybe that's already maybe that is literally the part where they do the spell. Maybe the spell happens. And it's already early in the movie. Maybe like that's just really early in the movie. And it seems like it's the end of the movie. But it's really early in the movie for uh, Spider-Man. I'm assuming you all are going to go see Spider-Man. I'm get, I get that. Like, I feel like every single person who's watching Hawkeye, this is like the... Um, this is kind of like the <laughs> Pixar's animated short for, um, for Spidey. <laughs> that's a disservice to Hawkeye. Five-hour Pixar animated short for an hour and a half movie. <laughs> oh my god, clench up, Legolas. <laughs> That's uh, my god. 
Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the uh, actual <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh, man. I really love being here talking to you nice people about Marvel. Um, it's really, really my pleasure. And um, I got to say, it's good to be caught up. <laughs> it's good to be caught up. I will be here every week on the week talking about your favorite Marvel TV shows as they come out. And if you like what you're listening to, the most important thing is it would be to rate the show wherever you're listening to it. Apple especially. Um, give us the stars, people, and we will um, feature your comments on the show. If you got bad things to say, just go away. It mean a lot um, uh, if you could say some nice words because it will put us up in those alg- algorithms. Tell your friends about the show. Um, we want to get out there, obviously, uh, because we want to be heard. We're making the show. We want to be heard. We want to meet our fellow Avengers and fellow Marvel maniacs and uh, make a community and talk with you about it. Maya moves in to fight, and uh, her first opponent, she just knocks him flat on the floor. She has a prosthetic leg, we learn, just there and then. Maya returns home one night it's a Ronin brutalizing her family. It just, it's just an instant cut. Um, it is, it, and it, when I say brutalizing, I mean, <laughs> Clint is going insane on these guys. She gets into the fa- uh, her father's office, I'm guessing, and Ronin is like straight up stabbing her dad and murdering him. It, it is, it's tragic. I mean, you get to like this, this little girl growing up into Maya, um, the antagonist of this episode. Who ends up being, yeah, and Ronan is not very nice. Uh, I mean, he's just doing justice. <laughs> I really don't dislike Ronan that much. Um, but um, we don't really know what Maya's father was into. Clearly, within uh, some sort of crime syndicate. He tells her to go, and she says, I won't leave you. She signs, uh, he signs to her, I'm already gone. And he dies in her arms. It was very sad. Um, they should have opened the last episode with this I wrote. Ah, yeah. See? And I swear to God I didn't even read this note. This is just something that popped in my head when I got here. Dang. I, w- I see. I waste so much time explaining, over-explaining things. So I'm not going to talk about that more. I went, okay, we're talking for 15 minutes about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's just get, let's keep going. Um, Hawkeye. So the goons are making Clint and Kate ride the machines. Um <laughs> she's like over explaining to him um that like are you mad at me like um you know we gotta get more like a teamwork camaraderie thing going and uh he tells her he was about to clear her name from the suit until she came crashing down through the skylight oh my god this poor guy <laughs> this this uh this uh, this tracksuit guy um he bought imagine dragon tickets for his girlfriend <laughs> Uh, as an early Christmas gift, <laughs> and they had to fight. Uh, they had a fight, so she's uh, she's bringing her sister. And Kate, uh, Kate says on the bright side, she doesn't have to see Imagine Dragons. And this guy gets really defensive. He's like, "I love Imagine." Kate says that you both owe apologies. He goes to get a pen just to write this stuff down. Um, this guy's so genuine. I love it. Kate begins to tell Clint that with a little trust, communication, listening, basic human stuff. Um, like for them, you know, as a team, uh, but another thug comes and cuts them off and he's like, you talk too much <laughs> and, uh, I should rip out your throat. But Maya walks in and sees Clinton. It's like, Oh, she'll do it for me. Uh, these guys are, I can't say they're savage. They're just like angry and they're in track suits 
and they're a mafia. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, they're funny, and they crack me up. Um, Maya walks in, and she sees Clint's headset, so she assumes he's deaf, which he which he really we, love, we learned throughout this episode. He kind of is. I had a friend that I was watching this with pretty much along the way in a, in a Discord call. Um, and um, she noted she noted that he was like he I mean he, he wouldn't he have a hearing aid in the other ear too? And I don't think I think he would, right? And I don't think people talk to him in his other ear. Um so he's really hard of hearing. Way harder than I gave him I, I really thought about. Um because and there's points later in the episode where Clint can't hear anything when he doesn't have the one hearing aid. That's what gives it away. That's what fully gives it away. So understated uh and almost underplayed by the man himself. Can't hear at all. Mr. Hawkeye is has lo- fully lost his hearing. Um next to next to completely gone. Uh what a what a hero. And he doesn't really consider himself one. He's carrying all the burdens of Ronin. And he doesn't allow himself to fly like Hawkeye. Oh my gosh, what a show already. <laughs> this is what happens to me with every Marvel show ever. Uh, I swear to God, like I get so into him. You go back to all the shows <laughs> and I'll be like, this is so amazing. <laughs> but you know what, man? These shows are done so great. And if you put this much fucking character-driven content into your work, I don't mean to put an adult rating on my show by saying the F word once. That's a PG-13 technically if you only do it once, going by movie standards. Um, if you're if you're a parent who really cares that much, you're listening to my show and you – come on. Um, I'm not going to cut out the F word. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> okay, so you know what? Um, now, I, now I lost my spot. <laughs> Uh, Maya signs to Clint, and sh- uh, he responds, "Hard of heal- hearing, not deaf." He signs and says, "More cookie, please." <laughs> uh, the way he says that, I mean, I can't d- replicate how he said it. Uh, he said it way slower. She has a guy ask, uh, "What are you doing here, Mister Barton?" And this guy, he becomes. A, I think he's going to be about to become a much bigger player um, later. I, I believe we do. Ha- I do get his name at the end of the episode. So Kazi continues to speak for Maya as she signs. She tells him that he relies on too much technology. You'd be better off without your hearing aid. Clinton tells them that she has nothing to do with the suit. Um, she as in Kate, Kate Bishop. She, uh, he says that Ronan is dead and that it's just a rumor that he's back. He asks uh, if that's true. Who got him? Uh, who got him then? Natasha Romanoff. He says he like he says that to Maya, who we see that from her perspective, and like it's mouth and um, it's sign. They say the Black Widow. You know, I, I really like that. Very cool. So Ronan is dead, and the person who killed him is dead now. How convenient. Maya says she's lying. Okay, so she's like very angry at this. Because she wants revenge. She wants freaking revenge, um, obviously, for her father. 
Um, the guy asked Kate, um, the guy's in Kazi, uh, why she put uh, put on the suit in the first place. It doesn't look very good on Kate. It really doesn't. Um, not that the suit didn't look good. I was just saying, like, the, the whole story of how she had the suit on. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, <laughs> Maya looks at Kate, and she sees, like, all the father, like, the tragedy of her father's death, like, in front of her eyes, literally, in a flashback. And uh, she just charges her and begins to attack her. Um, Kazi pulls her back, and while this is happening, Clint is loosening his hand uh, tied behind his chair. He tells Kate, now is not the time to be scared. We are not. Uh, we are going to get out of this and back to our families. You're going to have to harness some of that ridiculous confidence of yours. Clint jumps out of the seat and runs into the back of one of the toy aisles. Is there in a big old toy store? It's Christmas movie slash TV show. <laughs> Pretty much, I like saying Christmas movie. It's a holiday special, we'll call it, okay? And uh, the goons, I call them. <laughs> I like call the tracksuit mafia, but they're goons. He escapes. Uh, he escapes them back there, but by running on top of the aisles, he really gets into it with Maya. Now, this is an excellent fight scene we get. I'm just going to say an excellent fight scene. I can't go into it. They jib and they jab. And I'm not going to keep repeat all the audio description. I'm just going to say what a killer fight scene. You saw it. I saw it, folks. It was amazing. <laughs> a lot of action has been building up uh, for a lot of uh, um, episodes. And somehow the Maya, um, Maya makes this super complicated. Like she, she, we just met her and she really does make it very complicated. Despite what I said about that scene being a little misplaced. Maya knocks Hawkeye's hearing aid off him. And crushes it with her foot. She knows exactly how it's helping. She knows what's helping. This is disorienting, uh, disorienting, disorienting him for him. But uh, he gets back on his feet to fight her. He crashes through a glass wall to an office. He gets the bow and unleashes it. The bow. Kate and the main goon. Um, the the guy I said his name earlier, and I'm messing it up now. Um, they're going at it, but they see, um, the silhouettes of Hawkeye and Maya fighting. He knocks away, uh, Maya's bow and knocks her, pins her to a wall with two arrows. It's very cool. Clint shoots a per arrow perfectly and frees Kate from the guy she's fighting and he hides in, uh, the ball pit. And then he sprawls out of the ball pit and gets two goons with his arrows, like in with his hand, with his hands, like. Hawkeye sea, sea monster. Kate does a like a column sidekick sweep. Like she pulls onto a pole and like uses her whole body as a like a, a duster. It's insane. Um, that was a crazy move. Kate is battle ready. He gets his hearing aid. He gets his hearing aid back, and they go outside. Uh, I don't. I, I'm very surprised this thing is still working. By the way, it looked like it looked like she stomped down on it and she broke it. Uh, they pass a muscle car, and Kate is like, "Oh, can we take this one, man? This thing's beautiful." And it cuts, to, it cuts to Clinton. He's like, "No, we're not breaking into a '72 Challenger." Um, it cuts to a not so great car. <laughs> this is really great. Um, we get we get to maybe the best sequence we've got we got yet. A continuous shot of the mafia chasing them in a truck with I think it's like a minigun or just a lot of guns. <laughs> um, Clinton. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Clint says we're out of regular arrows. He takes out um, one and says, be careful. Uh, and she says she was born careful. And like we get, real, we get a really cool shot of her, like, 
zoning in on uh, Kate, like holding the arrow, zooming in, and then she lets go. She shoots one, and it's like she's like Play-Doh putty arrow. <laughs> it's like purple, purple dough. <laughs> uh, the next one straight up explodes the van, like it, it completely fun uh, and cute first to like a boom. This one's exploding everything. <laughs> Uh, the next arrow is a plunger arrow. It goes right into a windshield, doesn't do anything. Um, we learned that that's the one that saves your life when you got to fall off a building. That's a, that's a good arrow. That's a good arrow, but not for this situation. Kate will soon learn the tricks of being a Hawkeye. I'd actually, you know, we wouldn't think that at all, though, would you? Wouldn't you think like, that was like just a lame arrow? Like she should have, she probably didn't have that attached to like a spike or I don't know. Did I don't know. Did you know that that was that or I don't know. I did not know that. I would have maybe thought that if I were a Hawkeye. But I, I'm not. I'm not a Hawkeye. Um, very cool. <laughs> um, the chase moves into a Christmas tree park. Where this, this show is so great for being so Christmassy. Happy December 1st. This uh, episode of Marvel Maniac releasing December 1st, 2021. We are officially in the holiday. Hawkeye being relevant in this season, being a Christmas show, coming out right around Christmas. What in the world? This is kind of great. I got to say, my heart's warm. I hope yours is too. Um, just show love to the people around you. And um, let's just be grateful for having this amazing Marvel content around. <laughs> I feel kind of lame and very superficial. Like, let's all hold hands around this Marvel <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. It's got it's kind of cool that we all we got a, we got Marvel stuff lined up forever. <laughs> I, feel, I do feel awesome about that. I'm really excited to be talking about it with you guys. It's, it's sick. Um, yeah, and um, thank you for being here again. I'm gonna say that a lot of times too, as I really am thankful. Um, so okay, so <laughs> she shoots a fourth arrow at the at these guys chasing them, and it's a net a net arrow, and uh, it. It, it drags a bunch of Christmas trees and the car into it. I think it pretty much stops them, at least for the time being. At least for the time being. They exit the tree park, and Clint uh, hands Kate arrows, and she says, here's some acid arrows, and they're reversing down a street. Kate shoots the arrows at the stoplights on the intersection as they're approaching, That's and they fall off, obviously. And uh, Clint makes a skidding turn. Kate holds onto the roof. <laughs> it's very, very intense episode. Like this one, this episode is nonstop action. They head onto a bridge, and the muscle car that Kate wanted to take um, comes even with the sedan and swerves in as Kate hangs out the window. Um, Clint tells her um, to get in, and Kate sees her bow in the muscle car. Clint smacks the gun into the guy, punching him from the other car, and Kate shoots an arrow into the car, and it crashes. Clint is like, the sedan crashes anyway. Now, as they are stopped um, completely at a halt, Maya has a truck and a car, her car, driving directly towards them. And like I said, even though they're stopped with traffic, so Clint tells Kate where to aim, and she does, and um, also takes out an arrow that says PIM Technologies on it. We know this may or may not shrink or blow up, but before we can think about it, it blows up and lands on the uh, cars and trucks approaching them uh, like clockwork. And I almost forgot to mention the USB arrow Kate fired earlier. 
It's a USB arrow. Uh, maybe she fires it later. I don't. I don't see it written down though. I think I forgot to write it down. That's a total reference to the What If episode. The What If episode, man. That that they save the universe with that USB arrow. Oh my gosh, man! I love Marvel. See, that is what it's all about. <laughs> It does nothing here because it's a USB arrow. But if they ever needed a USB arrow to take down a super crazy Ultron that has all the Infinity Stones, hey, you got it right there. Hawkeye's got it. Hawkeye's got it, man. Oh, man, he's got it. Okay, so <laughs> the Hawkeye and Kate both jump off the bridge and escape, mirroring the way he jumped off at Avengers, his escape route. We figured out at this point what the plunger arrow was for. And she, she tells him that. Uh, on the subway, Kate tells Clint, we got to walk. Uh, we got we to gotta walk the dog. He's been locked up all day. And uh, Clint looks a little upset at that at first. And she kind of looks at him in a certain way. Like, are you going to really be upset at me for telling you that? And then Clint repeats, uh, we got to take the dog for a walk. He's been locked up all day. <laughs> the next morning, Clint gets a call from his uh, little son, we can't even hear him. We hear from Clint's perspective yet again what it's like with no hearing aid. So the only source of Clint's hearing is from his one ear. Okay? That's what we're getting. Okay? We haven't gotten that perspective yet until this episode. We also get the similar perspective uh, from Maya at the beginning. So we're getting parallel um, sides from these characters. The kid just wants his dad home for Christmas. <laughs> Oh, so sad. And Kate has to communicate this for him. Nice moment between them. Also just very sad. It's very heartbreaking. Christmas pulls on so many heartstrings. Trust a bro moving company is the front for the tracksuit mafia. Trust a bro moving company. Oh, yeah. It's a nice front. See, not a lot of brains going into this operation. Her brother, um, I think it's, 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 uh, I don't remember this guy's name, and it'll, it'll be more important next week, and we'll get all used to it. Uh, <laughs> tells her it's dangerous, uh, Maya, and, but we can't keep going after Ronan. Their uncle wouldn't be happy. Her uncle. Their uncle. Uh, again with the uncle, you know? Wilson Fisk, guys. It's Wilson freaking Fisk. Uh, in Chinatown, Clint and Kate and the dog, are on her doorstep. She texts him, good thing that you're, they call you Hawkeye and not Hawk here. <laughs> They're in a coffee shop together. He puts his hearing aid in and asks Kate if, uh, and Kate asks if she was already uh, like listening. Like, were you, were you not listening that whole time? Uh, I, like, and then as I wrote down this, when I realized he was like fully deaf, um, except for that one ear. I didn't realize it was that hard to hear hearing set. You know, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, when I when I put that suit on, she says, "I uh, this is it." She she thought, "This is it. This is when I become who I am, who I'm supposed to be." And Clint says, uh, "He felt that same way, but it comes with a price. A lot of sacrifices. There's some things you'll lose forever." And he tells her this with a lot of. He's very vindictive, telling her this. You know, he's lost a lot as a hero. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even want to call himself that. Uh, there's also things you'll gain, like cool arrows and a costume. <laughs> She's Kate is incredibly naive. And I'm scared to see her lose anything because you just got to love her. 
Speaking of which, I've been thinking about your branding issue. You need a more recognizable costume. Uh, he says, you know, for the last 20 years, my job has been to be unrecognizable. <laughs> she shows him a sketch of what looks to be a very similar to his comic book suit. Um, except it's not like super duper awesome sketch, but it is. Yeah, you know, it is like that. Clint tells her he's not a role model, and she says he is. He helped her as a stranger. Um, uh, and the tracksuit mafia is after both of them, and her stepfather might be a murderer, and it's all that's all true. <laughs> and uh, Kate and Clint now are walking through Central Park. You pick up on any tension between Maya and the hot guy, she says, or was it just me? Um, and now he says his name is Kazi. Now his name is Kazi. Okay. The tracksuit mafia started small but grew. Apparently, there's someone above Maya that you don't want to mess with. Clint asks if Jack was uh, after anything else at the auction. So they're really getting exchanging information now. So they're doing what Kate kind of wanted to do, is working as a team. They're moving to the next step now. Um... She tells him about the butterscotch and how he parried, but literally just those things, like out of context. So, like, she she doesn't really deliver him the right information, and I, I hope off screen she gave that to him. Um, like the way she told him about the butterscotch is like she ate a butterscotch, and she's like, "That's not against the law or anything." Like she didn't tell him about the name on it and like what that meant and how she saw it <laughs> earlier at his house. Uh, when they get, when they arrive, oh, okay, she's, okay, she tells Clint that they're going to break into her mom's penthouse, and uh, guys, uh, Clint's okay with this, okay? Um, <laughs> when they arrive, Clint says, you're sure no one's home, right? Kate gets, <laughs> Kate's like, yes, don't worry about it, like, <laughs> I just, like, I'm noting this now, like, I, <laughs> it's kind of funny, Kate, be sure, be sure, Kate, just be sure next time. Kate gets into Bishop Security through her mom's system. They look up Kazi, and Sloan Unlimited comes up. Um, Hawkeye says Sloan Unlimited is familiar. He walks away when there's like a, I think there's a cracking or something. There's a door opening. There's some sort of noise. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's heard by Clint or he just has like some sort of Hawkeye instincts. I don't know. Either way, he walks away. Kate doesn't notice uh, until at least a moment too late. And he walks right into the face of the Ronin sword held by Jack. Jack, yes. Don't move. He says, ironically, it's Clint's past facing him directly. I hope Clint kicks his ass. I really do. I don't think Jack stands any chance against, against Clint Bartman. But that's a sword against a bow. <laughs> that's a sword against a damn bow. Um, this this is this is a great. This series has been a thrill to be covering so far. I can't believe it's only going to be six episodes, but sometimes the shorter stories are the sweeter stories. And if that is the amount of time that the creators of this show felt like the story of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop doing whatever they are going to do across the story, a full-on story of this series. There seems to be a lot of twists and turns, and there's a couple of things happening here. I think that's fantastic. If you want to reach out and let us know your theories, marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com. It will be read on the show. 
unless it's like creepy or weird or um, you are in line with Wilson Fisk or another supervillain like Red Skull. Um, what, what did Red Skull do after he got, got rid of the Souls Tome? Like, can he do whatever he wants? What's happening with Red Skull? Did, did um, Captain America fight him when he brought the Soul Stone back? I, I'm still going to add, I, this, these questions linger out in the multiverse of Marvel. Um, I will scream into the universe multiple times that Captain America, um, the returning of the Infinity Stones movie, needs to happen. Chris Evans, shouting at you out. Uh, hear me. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you again. You are wonderful uh, and amazing human just for being here and for a second uh, if you're listening to this you've probably gotten to the end <laughs> you have uh, so thanks for being here and you can know, guess at all the social medias of which you've probably heard already so just i want to let you know avengers it is time to disassemble